Hi everyone, and welcome to the next episode in the Linklater's Diversity Faculty Podcast Series. My name is Neha Rao, and I'm a Senior Client DNI and Engagement Manager, and I'm joined by my fellow faculty members, Simon Kerr Davis, Laurie Ollivant, and Daniel Danso. Today, we are going to be discussing the hugely important topic of accountability. Now, you can't have a conversation about DNI these days without hearing the phrase accountability. And today we're keen to share our thoughts on what this means and how business leaders can take this into account as they're putting in place their DNI plans. So, first question that I'd like to pose to Daniel. What do we mean when we talk about accountability for DNI? Uh, I think we have to ask ourselves what are, what are we wanting people to be accountable for or, or what are we asking people to be responsible for and is there a difference between responsibility and accountability um, so if we're saying that leaders are responsible for solving things like homophobia racism or sexism in the world then no they can't do that it takes wider society working together to do those things but if we're talking about accountability for how their business is run then absolutely um, leaders have responsibility for how a business runs, who they recruit, the equity in the processes for how they, they assess and reward. They're in control of the mechanisms that lead to promotion and the overall culture in the places where they have the power to define who belongs the workplace, right? Um, they can't be totally responsible for how individuals in the business perform, but they can dictate the parameters of what inclusivity, equity, and belonging look like in that business. There's also, there's a corporate governance angle here. So the, the Companies Act sets out the statutory duties of directors, and among those statutory duties is a duty to promote the interests of the company, having regard to employees and the wider community, among other stakeholders. It's very hard to see how you could be um, fulfilling that duty without having regard to the diversity and inclusion policies, processes, issues that arise within your business. So I think for, for Companies Act directors, are they accountable? Are they responsible? Well, they're definitely responsible within the governance framework. But I think it goes beyond directors and, and just the existing frameworks that we've had for some time. Actually, wider expectations of business leaders have evolved so that people expect more now and Increasingly, the regulators are broadening their supervisory and enforcement powers and looking to hold senior leaders, not just directors, to account for their behaviours, as well as the actions and behaviours of the wider organisation. And in particular, I'm thinking of the financial services sector, where you have senior stakeholders who are accountable across financial services firms under their senior managers and certification regime. And that regime's been in place for some years now, and the whole purpose of it is to stop this concept of rolling bad apples but increasingly the breadth of that scheme has been widened to cover more non-financial misconduct issues and um, broader societal issues like DNI. And in the same way that the regulators look at conduct and performance, they also they, they're also starting to see that diversity and inclusion should argue, arguably form part of that regulatory regime too, because they've expressed views about there being a link between poor conduct, poor decision making and lack of diversity and inclusion within those firms. So we have the regulators in the UK at the minute looking at ways in which that they can bring DNI into accountability for those senior stakeholders. So I think increasingly 
there's going to be more expectations put on the senior leaders of individuals to be more accountable in this space. So it's also interesting there that we you've just talked about accountability as the negative side, if you like, which I agree regulators are really interested in. Is there a rolling bad apple here? Is your conduct in this space bad? Yeah. But they're also looking at, at the same time, things like the corporate governance code are presenting diversity as a positive as a an expectation that companies will want to do this for the benefit of the company more widely and i think there's a there's similarly an accountability issue there because that can go towards your your reward your remuneration um, so looking on it as being something that people should be doing in order to build the company rather than just if they go against it they'll get a slap basically yeah no that's right there's a, a another bit though to accountability that it's, it's starting to come out quite starkly in a lot of research, when, specifically when you're looking at the experiences of underrepresented groups, whether it be gender, whether it be race, um, even you know sexual minorities like LGBT, right? So what we're seeing is that there is behavior and experiences and treatment that are clearly being called out, that are clearly being questioned. And the, the research is indicating that nothing's quite being done about it. It's not being addressed. And when things do get addressed, there no one knows that that the business is actually either, you know, taking care of the individual that has perpetrated some kind of marginalized behavior. So it's like a, a lot of the call for accountability in some of those cases is about transparency that you've actually done something. Mm-hmm. And that that can be both a very negative, depending on how it's done, or a positive. But the thing that it's really kind of bringing to light is that these experiences need to be calculated. They need to be kind of brought together so that people have a clear view of what land, the landscape looks like. What, what kinds of things are they actually dealing with? Yes, and I think that what you're flagging there is accountability for the systems and processes that you have in your business, which is obviously what all leaders need to be responsible for as they're trying to drive forward diversity and inclusion. Uh, And I think one leap that people make automatically when they start to think of accountability is that they automatically go straight to data. Now, we cannot deny that data is hugely important when promoting accountability. Like we obviously need robust data in order to identify where there are areas of bias or exclusion in the business. Uh, We need the data to figure out what actions to take. Uh, And we certainly need the data to figure out whether those actions are actually having an impact. But I think it's important to note that accountability is more than just running the reports and collecting the stats. Lots of people think that just by asking for the data, that that means they are being accountable and that that is their, that's their check uh, in the box. But that really is just like ordering the blood tests and never looking at the lab results. To be truly accountable, you need to know what to do with that information and understand what story it is telling you. And admittedly, that is a very difficult thing to do when you're dealing with uh, complicated quantitative and qualitative data around diversity and inclusion. So it is important to recognise that data is just the starting point of accountability. It gives you your benchmark, um, but really it can help you identify the pain points but it's up to individuals to fix the causes and treat those areas of concern. And it's really interesting the point you make around what do you actually do with the data when it does come in because it's a really difficult 
might is it's, it's a skill set that you need to take on if you're in a senior yeah. position to to know what to do next and how to interpret that and the right thing to do it doesn't necessarily mean that the directors and kind of senior leaders of your business are the right people to be accountable for that exactly, yeah. so maybe it isn't coming at it from how the financial services sector approaches it or the corporate governance code maybe it's other people within the organization who should be accountable for it but there has to be ultimate accountability at the most senior level so that's i mean the, the whole idea behind the smcr regime was that you can't have these issues sort of down somewhere in hr they have to pass right up to board level I think that's really important. And I think both Neha and Daniel have highlighted something really significant that we have to be brave enough to look at the data and then think, actually, what can we do to make this better? Acknowledging that we might not succeed in one, you know, tall, leaping a tall building in one go. It has to be gradual. It has to be milestones. Um, And I think in terms of accountability, setting yourself realistic goals that go in the right direction rather than saying, as Daniel says, you can't say we're going to solve racism, we're going to solve homophobia. But you can say we've identified this thing in our data that doesn't work because we've looked at it or because someone's made a whistleblowing complaint. And here's what we're going to do about that and and test us against that. So what does a failure on your accountability look like? I mean, there's the impact it could have on your remuneration and reward. But is that it? Or, or are we getting into the more personal conduct and disciplinary territory? So p- potentially, yes, I think potentially, but it's also reputational, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, on a very cultural level, uh, the w- when something happens in the industry, like when, when someone, uh, say a woman takes a company, you know, to court over sexual harassment, every woman in that city is looking at that because that could be them. It's the exact same thing that happens when, you know, a business is is being challenged on something that any one of us could feel. The culture of that place, how we're rewarded, how the opportunities we have, whether or not we get hired, if we fit when we're there, if we are the ones that are exited disproportionately, all of those things are impacted by how a business actually talks about these things and and the the things that they uh, I, I want to say reward, but I think the thing is, I think the better word is the things that they value. The one thing that is is so clear to me is that now that these big movements like Me Too, Black Lives Matter, have have hit businesses, the the tendency is for them to go, oh my God, we we're just realizing all these things are happening. Where's the data? Mm-hmm. Now, if if businesses had pumped as much value and as much investment into thinking about calculating those things, influencing the culture so that they would give well before there was a crisis, then that would be part of the normal way of working. As much as they do with the financial aspects, they know when they are not making as much as they did the year before. Why? Because that's what they value. They invest in that. They calculate that. We're now asking them to think about their people and their culture. And for some businesses, that's totally new unfortunately, but it's the truth. Mm. So there are very real, you know, uh, reputational damages by not being accountable, by not being transparent, by not being authentic, because, you know, we'll still be good businesses that are kind of doing well in the industries, but we will fail to, to be relevant as time goes on, as communities start to see 
you know, more or less of themselves in different spaces. We will make decisions as we always do. I think there's huge implications for not doing it right. And it goes to who is holding you accountable as well. So you guys have obviously spoken about the regulators holding businesses to account, the law holding businesses to account. We've talked also about employees, you know, um, feeding back what they expect of their businesses. But it is, there are so many more stakeholders holding businesses to account these days, future clients and customers. They are very vocal about their expectations and they will have not hesitate to hold a business to account if they see that it's not acting in line with values. Uh, so yes, you can definitely be assured that the next generation will hold, hold businesses to account if they fail to do it themselves. So we hope that's been a good primer on the topic of accountability in diversity and inclusion. If this topic has sparked any ideas for you, or if you'd like to continue the conversation, please do reach out to us on our email, uh, which you can find on our website, Linklater's Diversity Faculty. Till next time, thank you very much.